Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is good, y'all? We are back after a week off with another episode of No Bets Barred. I'm Connor Burks, and we've got you for the next 12 straight weeks, I believe it is. We will get UFC events every single Saturday. Starting with this week, we got UFC Vegas 56, Volkov versus Rosenstrike. Long time no talk, Jed. How we doing, man? I know, man. It was it was strange to have a week off. Um I mean, it's nice because we're we're never getting one again, basically. <laughs> so we're we're going for the grind. But it was also just an unfortunate week to have a week off because I think we had. A, I mean, I, I can't speak for you though. I, I feel confident when I say this, knowing knowing the bets you made. We had a damn fine week. Oh, damn last fine time week. We were doing this. A damn fine week. Yeah, I finished up uh, a little over seven units at one point going into the Ponzinibbio fight. I was perfect on the night. Lost pawns, lost home, unfortunately, but uh, I still cashed a parlay on the home fight with the over in that one, so there was no complaints from me. You're now 2-0 and head-to-head, though, man. I know. I uh, Look, some people, Holly Holm may disagree, but Ketlin Vieira got the W and made it a great, great weekend for me. I, I finished up uh, five and a half units um, and really just, I mean, the Felipe Calares was the only only bet afterwards where I was like, that was a tough one. Just just a tough L. Chase looked a lot better. Things happened, you know, but you take the L, you move on. Um, and otherwise, you know, just cashing bets up and down the card. Felt won all of my uh, all of my other straight wagers. So it was a great, great week. Yeah, Chase did look fantastic in that one. And, you know, even on the home side, I, I wouldn't call like robbery on it on that or anything. It was a super close fight. But I did see an image that was getting like thrown around Twitter and everything. It was the uh, like the media scorecards and like, you know, it was like so many home people, people chose home. And then after seeing the image, probably like six or seven times, I looked closer at the names and there it is. Scoring it for Ketlin Vieira, one of the two people that scored it for Ketlin Vieira, Jed Mashu. I was just like, I wonder why he scored it for old uh, KV there. Because she should have won. <laughs> Look, like you, we talked about it a lot last week on like other pods and stuff, but everybody at the MMA Fighting Team, MMA Fighting, great website. Great Go website. Check it out if you haven't already. Uh, but everybody on the MMA Fighting Team were all like, I think Holly Holm won. And then like uh ak lee did a robbery review immediately and changed his mind i was like actually no ketlin vieira won that fight everybody came around you you just all you all got bamboozled by by the mystique of holly home 
and, and her ability to hold the fighter against defense and do nothing for long, protracted periods. Um, and look, if, if Holly Holm had won that fight, if she had gotten the scores, I wouldn't have complained. I thought Vieira won, but it was a close fight. Uh, but, you know, that's not what happened. And even if she had won, given how close that fight was and where the odds were at, I still would have felt really good about getting Vieira basically. Plus yeah, I was going to say, I mean, no matter what, when it's going to the scorecards in that situation where it's so close that you really don't know what's going to happen. Like when I was, I was watching it on my phone and I had, uh, had it up to my ear to hear the final scorecard. I was like, oh, of course it's a split. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what they were going to yeah. say for the third judge. And in that situation, dude, you want to be holding the plus 200 rather than the minus 220. See, that was where we both, we both made a huge mistake. Because I think hindsight 2020, obviously, but very clearly, that was always going to be a splitty. (laughs) We should have just taken, like, I don't know why it never crossed my mind. It was just like, uh, just forgot about it. Clearly, that was going to be a splitty. And we should have just had action down on that and cashed a a nice, juicy split decision. I mean, that would have been fantastic. Like, if if we were cool like that. Uh, But unfortunately, we were not. We were cool enough to what? Combined. 12 units up on the weekend so we can't really complain there especially on a card like that uh hopefully we can find similar results here this weekend ufc vegas it's gonna be tougher i'm gonna level with you listeners we got a one week hiatus and we are not coming back to the strongest card i've ever seen last few weeks man Uh, last few weeks it it was slim pickings out there this week i'm uh i'm really interested we obviously you know, we we don't exchange bets beforehand, but I know what you do have. I know the fights you're playing here. I'm interested to see where you're at with some of these, and especially because I I my action is very narrow this week. I'm only dealing with a couple of fights this week. Yeah, I'm I'm not too overexposed on this one. There's a couple spots that I like, uh, but I am keeping it pretty light on this card. Uh, so let's kick it off. The main event. It's a heavyweight bout. Alexander Volkov going up against Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, so for me, I'll just kick it off. I do not have a side on this one, um, but I do like some of the overs here. So I'm taking a parlay piece with a uh, fight completes round one. I grabbed that at minus 375. And then I took an individual play of fight completes round two uh, at minus 175. So when Ryzen Strike uh, KOs Volkov in the first round, just know that I'm going to be hurting miserably. Uh, but in all seriousness, if you look at the two sides, Volkov, no first round finishes in 12 UFC fights, only three times. Has he not seen the third round? Uh, and then Rosentreg, obviously, he's much more of the KO threat in this fight, but Volkov has proven durability in a 13 year, uh, 44 fight career. He's been knocked out twice, and it's by, you know, really big knockout artists in uh, Vitaly Menikov and Derek Lewis. And the Lewis one was with 11 seconds left in the fight. I know he got subbed by Tom Aspinall last time out, but I. I don't really worry about a Rosenstrike submission here. So when it comes to the knockout, I don't really see, you know, Volkov getting knocked out in one of the first two rounds by Rosenstrike. And then I don't really see Volkov finishing Rosenstrike himself. You know, Rosenstrike, he's not the most active fighter when he's in there. He's pretty low volume. Volkov's got the huge height advantage. He's got a big reach advantage. I think he'll be able to maintain the distance. I can't speak for the later rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a finish in round four or five, but I think we at least get to round three in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I won't say that I don't hate it. I, I have no idea. I don't feel any level of confidence with the overs here. I mean, my assumption is that those are fair bets from you just because everything you're saying is pretty true. Volkov is pretty durable. 
But that being said, you know, Arizino Rosenstrike is a much more technically sound striker, um, more accomplished kickboxer than Derek Lewis, and hits really hard as well. Probably not the raw power that the Black Beast has, but dude can hit oh, no really doubt. hard, and he has he has more crafty ways to set that up. I do have action here, um, but it is it, this is mainly a value play. Uh, I don't feel wildly confident either end of this. Um, I think this is close to a 50-50 fight. As a result, um, I like the underdog odds on, on Rosenstrike. Um, he's sitting at plus 135, but I'm not taking those because I think that that's just a dumb bet. Because why would you take Rosenstrike at plus 135 as a straight underdog when literally all of his wins have uh, in the UFC have come by, by knockout? And you can get Rosenstrike by KOTKO at plus 215. So, I mean, I wouldn't hate an underdog bet here just because I think this is a 50-50 prop. But given, I mean, just given the tenor of, of, of how Rosenstrike fights, the man has literally, I think he has never, he has one decision win in his entire career. Um, everything else is knockouts and, and that's that's just who he is. That, that decision was a three-round fight as well. This is going to be five. I think Yairzinho is he is either going to go out on his shield or, or not go out on his shield. He's either going to put Volkov out on his shield or he is going to not be able to close the distance and kind of get jabbed up. Maybe Volkov even goes for some takedowns because he has done that a little bit before. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's easily the best value that this fight offers. And also... This is a much less scientific way of doing things, but Rosenstrike is doing this really fun thing where he alternates wins and losses. And his last fight, uh, it's like the last five or six fights, he has just alternated uh, wins and losses. Last fight, pretty dominant loss to Curtis Blades. And so looking to rebound, Volkov coming off either a terrible performance against Tom Aspinall or just a sensational performance from Tommy Aspinall or a bit of both. I mean, it could be both, but, uh, coming off that, I, I feel like he might, uh, that gave me a lot of pause. And so give me the really athletic guy, a uh, guy who hits really hard guy who I, I think is a more technically proficient striker, even though he has much less volume and, and the plus money. That's that, that feels like a good value bet to me. I'm actually in 100% agreement with you. When I was looking at the sides, I strongly considered maybe making a play on Rosenstrike. I ended up not with the props. I didn't want to get too overexposed on this one. And you taking it by KO, I'm honestly shocked. I didn't even look at it, the difference between his money line and it his KO. It shouldn't be any different. I don't... He, dude, I mean, he's not winning by submission. And There's a 0% they, chance like, he wins by there submission. There is just like... The, they fight this fight 100 times. Let's let's say there's a world where Rosenstrike wins this fight 100 times... 95 96 out of 100 it's by knockout like i just can't see this dude winning a decision it's just i mean it's just the only we talked about it the other week caitlin chukagian to win was like minus one something minus 150 and then caitlin chukagian by decision was plus 120 it was like well that's dumb yes. <laughs> just yes the only way she wins is this way and I, there's clearly an inefficiency and i know that that's it's not a huge difference you know 215 to 135 but it's also a huge difference, you know, that's a 10 point, 10 percentage points, essentially. And that's just seems insane, given everything we know about this dude. Yes, Alexander Volkov's a really tough dude. He's only been knocked out twice in his career. But 
I mean, this is heavyweight. We're talking about a dude who hits really hard, and that's I, I would say that Yarzinho Rosenstrike hits harder than Vitaly Minikov. Like that's I, I think that that's not a super controversial statement. So again, this bet could easily fail because I could see Volkov just kind of doing a poor man's Cyril gone and right. kind of staying away and picking him apart, maybe mixing in some takedowns, but. Uh, I, I just like the value that I'm getting there. So I'm, I'm happy to take a play on it. And if you do take Volkov, you're going to have, uh, you're probably going to have 25 minutes. You know, if Volkov gets it done, uh, especially by decision, you're going to have 25 minutes of every time that Rosenstrike comes in oh, and, sure. and gets close, it, it's going to make you nervous. That is for sure. Look, if you're going to take Volkov, just take Volkov by decision at plus 165. I, I don't think anyone should feel wildly confident about laying minus money on Volkov. And like we said, like he's, I mean, he has a little bit more of a range than, than Yairzinho has in this fight. Like he could maybe take him down and pound him out, but that's unlikely because Curtis Blades couldn't do the damn thing against Yairzinho and it's Volkov isn't a submission guy. So I, if, if you're, if you want to be on the Volkov side, I can't fault you for it. I, I think that that's a, like I said, I think this fight's pretty close to 50, 50, but I think the outcomes here are also 50, 50 in that it's either a Volkov decision or it's a Rosenstrike KO. And so if you want to be on one side of those, I would strongly suggest those be the bets you take. I'm with you, man. And uh, for my sake, hopefully it uh, goes longer uh, rather than like a Rosenstrike uh, KO round one. So uh, we will see. All right, co-main event. It's a featherweight bout. Dan Ige going up against Mosar Evlov. Uh, for me, I did grab this one as soon as it opened. Uh, Mosar opened up at minus 200. I took it there, but I would still use Mosar as uh, a parlay piece in this one. I mean, for me, the game plan is simple. You need to wrestle. If he stands and strikes with a guy like Dan Ige, I think his chances of winning are significantly less than if he goes with trying to take Ige down. We've seen Ige struggle with the grappling before. I mean, go back and watch the Korean zombie fight. I mean, he was controlled for essentially half the fight in that one. Korean Zombie pretty much did what he wanted to. Overall, in his UFC career, he's only got a 55% takedown defense. Uh, you know what Mosar is going to do coming in here. He's going to try and take it to the ground. Also, once once Mosar does get it to the ground, he's typically pretty active. He's not just going to lay and pray on you. So I like him to rack up the points and get a, a victory by decision here over, over Ige. Uh, I'm I'm with you all the way on this one. Well, not all the way, but I'm with you at 99% of the way. So I didn't take him early because I'm I'm always doing these things pretty pretty quickly before we record. Same same kind of week. Uh, I think uh, I think what you're saying about Mosar as a parlay piece, spot on. Uh, but I'm also going to take a prop here for much the same reasoning as the main event. Right? I Ivlev has won five fights in a row inside the octagon and all five of those have come by decision uh danny gay has literally never been finished in his entire career he's fought some really good dudes i think the world of mozart what he has is uh, his potential but he's proven not to be a huge finisher and Ige has proven to be very difficult to finish and so for me it's, it's the same thing you know like uh, i love i love mozart to get a win uh, you know, at minus 400, what he's at, you know, it's about an 80% win prop. I think that's still, that's still parlay value, but instead I'm just taking him by decision at minus 200. Um, I mean that the, the gulf there between those two numbers is huge. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure it, it why. The only thing I can think is that Danny Gay, you know, they're starting to think that he is a little past his prime, but I mean, this dude's only 30. Like, it's not like he's old, old. 
yeah, he's he got handled pretty convincingly by Chen Sung-jung and Josh Emmett. Fair. But again, he went to the cards in both of them, you know. He, he is a really tough guy to put away, and uh, Mozart has not proven to be a huge finisher. So that line just seems super out of whack to me. I wanted to be in the Mozart game, and this is a way I can be in it at what I think is really great value. So uh, I took him just – I took uh, Evlo by decision at minus 200. I just have a straight bet on that, um, you know, and I, I feel pretty good on it. I've got it for, for double units, so I can win one unit essentially. And feel feel really solid about that bet. I, I don't see how Ige can keep this upright. And I similarly don't see how Mozar is gonna get a finish. I'm with you, man. I'm I'm with you step for step on that. I I think it's gonna end up being a Mozar Ivlyov uh decision victory. So uh we're in lockstep there for the co main event. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, let's keep it rolling with the main card, a featherweight bout, Mike Trezano going up against Lucas Almeida. I don't have a play on this one personally. I think Mike Trezano is probably going to win the fight. Not enough times out of 10, though, for me to play him at minus 210. Last time out, he got pieced apart pretty bad by uh, Mean Hakeem. So I wouldn't love playing him at minus 210. Lucas Almeida, sure, he hasn't fought the same competition as Trezano, but uh, you know he's no slouch himself, 13-1 in his career, so... I think Trezano probably wins, but uh, I don't want to play him at minus 210. Yeah, I would not bet this fight. That it's I don't have any great read on this because I feel a lot like you. I know this is boring. This might be a boring episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but this is a lot of these fights are, are fights where, and we're going to talk about it very soon, where there is 
not enough for me to feel confident. There's not enough tape out there for me to feel confident about a side, an action, a place to be. Or in places where there is tape, they're just clear holes or deficiencies. Is there something where I'm just like, I don't I don't really know what's going to go on here. And like, sure, I think Trezano should probably win this. But he's, I mean, Almeida is has a lot of signs for things that would make him a good underdog. Like he he's a finisher. Trezano is not, you know, he's four of his last five fights have gone to decision. And Almeida is a guy who is going to get you out of there if he's going to win. That sort of offensive potency is great for upsets. And so I, I don't have a great feeling on this. If I was going to place a bet, the only bet I kind of found that uh, I could have been interested was placing an over bet. Um, just because I, I I think that this fight, Trezano has proven to be relatively durable. I think that this fight will probably last a little longer, but I, I'm staying away for sure, man. I'm with you, dude. Uh, it's unfortunate when we have uh, six main card fights and and there's quite a few that I actually want to stay away from. Yeah, dude. I am. Uh, 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 well, I'll just uh, I'll peel the curtain back. I don't have any real action for the rest of the main card. <laughs> I got so, one more play. I got one more play. Well, uh, I hope I I hope it's this next fight because I will be fascinated if it is. It is not this next fight. Let's keep it rolling with the women's flyweight bout. <laughs> Pollyanna Botella going up against Kareen Silva. Yeah, I have in my notes right here. I am staying far away from this fight. One side, you can play the, you can either fade the Dana White contender series debutante, or you could fade the UFC fighter that's one in three in her last four fights. Like, it's yes, bad. like not good. I wouldn't fighter. be surprised if either fight wins. I mean, I think the odds reflect that. I, I don't like when I make a bet, I want to feel like at least somewhat strongly or feel like I'm getting good value with this coin flip odds, coin flip fight. I don't know who's going to win. I'm not making a play on it. This is, uh, I mean, it's everything you said, right? Like, I don't, straight up, I could not find video of Kareem Silva to watch. Like, I, because she was on the Contender Series, but Fight Pass would not allow me to watch either that fight individually or that episode of, of Contender Series. They do that. I swear and to God, I've noticed, like, a trend where I, I dude. It has happened a few times It's always times the most recent fight. Why. Fight Pass won't let me, let me watch it. It's it's i don't know man it it was just very frustrating as i'm trying to go back and watch tape because i kind of i want to fade pollyanna patello here like i want to be <laughs> on the other side of her but i cannot in good conscience place a bet on someone i literally i know i've seen this fight because i usually watch contender series but there's so much of it i can't remember that off the top of my head and so i can't feel any level of confidence in what i'm doing here and being said like if i was gonna bet it Kind of the one that would be interesting to me is is Silva by sub because she is a very good grappler. Batelio, you know, has some is a bit exploitable there. Um, but again, I'm saying she's a good grappler based primarily on things I've read because I haven't watched her fight. And so if I haven't watched you fight, how can I in good conscience put money down on you? And also, if the internet doesn't have videos of you fighting for me to watch, why are you on the main card of a fight night? Like that is, especially, we're going to get to it at the very end of this, when one of the best prospects in women's MMA is fighting on the the curtain jerker, but you've got this fight with a person who literally cannot see having ever fought before. It boggles my mind 
and I'm staying away for sure. Yeah, I mean, not only uh, do I not have any interest in betting it, I really don't have a ton of interest in watching it. It, it really is like I didn't, I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. Like, why is it on the made card? Why is this a main card fight? Makes absolutely no sense because like this should be Aaron Blanchfield, right? Like, yes, the Baliano Batalio Korean Silver fight. That fight makes a ton more sense as the curtain jerker. Like, all right, here's a. I'll say established UFC fighter because she's fought like, I don't know, six or seven times, something like that. But here is a fighter who has been in the organization. Here is somebody coming off contender series who we think something about. And that's how you open it up. Not we're going to throw you forth from the top like that boggles my mind, dude. Just like I said before, boggles my mind. It's crazy. It's crazy. So if you're betting on this, best of luck. I hope you I hope you have the right side on that. So if you're betting on this, drop us a line because I want to know what made you, what inspired you to feel like we got 14 cards or 14 fights from the UFC this weekend. There's not a shortage of fights like the last few cards have been, you know, if you're really just trying to get your fix in, there's only 10 fights. That's not the case, man. We got a ton of fights. This, whatever's compelling you, I want to know. So tell me what is compelling you, dear viewer, who's got money down because I want to figure this, this out. It's also a week before a pay-per-view, too. Like You want to just kind of get out of here clean, green, feeling good, heading into UFC 275. Yeah, this is a minimized damage week. You know, you just, <laughs> you don't want to take, because you don't want to have to be chasing it at the yeah. pay-per-view. You don't want to be like, ah, I'm behind. I gotta, I ended May poorly. I got to get into a strong start of June. You just got to be like, eh, I got some action down. I had some fun watching some fights on Saturday. Now let's gear up for the big business nothing like those weeks going into it where even if you just get a dollar of profit it's it's viewed as a win i mean a dollar profit is always viewed as a win especially on here we always i mean even a dollar loss i'll view that as a win because that's not a big loss yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the saddest part bro if i if i lose less than a unit in one week oh, i'm just it's like a nothing it's a nothing week it's a nothing yeah, week. Have, but if i win 0.4 units i'm like that's a winning week profitable week you know well, i buy myself a sando with that just go crush a sando exactly bro exactly i i was a professional sports better this week i made money while watching fist fights that's the best life that is the best life all right, let's keep it moving. A light heavyweight fight. Alonzo Menafield going up against Askar Mozharov. Uh, kind of weird here. Mozharov was 25-7 and seven on Tapology, and then this afternoon, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. On Tuesday afternoon, he was updated to 21-11. and 11. Uh, It turns out, I guess, four... What, are you kidding? No. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, four of his this wins were actually losses. Um but that doesn't really make a difference in, uh, in the bet that I made on this one, which which I've had in for, for a few days now. I'm using it as a... Oh, so you do have action. I do have action okay. here. This is my other action on the main card. Uh, it's a parlay piece. It's the fight does not go the distance. I grabbed it at minus 310. I parlayed it up with uh, the main event completes one round. That that pays out at minus 148. But just to get into the stats here, uh, Mozarov, 32 professional fights. 30 of them have not gone the distance. Of those 30 that have not gone on the distance 29 have ended in the first round of those 29 that ended in the first round 13 have ended in the first 90 seconds i mean this guy like we talk about kill or be killed this guy is kill or be killed he is the hammer or he is the nail and the fight almost never goes the distance 
Lonzo Menafield, he's had a couple decisions of late, but 10 of his 11 wins are by finish. So I'm going to trust whoever gets the win here, it's going to be by finish. I mean, I think if that is, do you know what that line is uh, actively? Not from what you uh, got. I it. think it has absolutely been steamed up. There's a few of these lines that have like steamed like crazy. We'll we'll get into the Damon Jackson later, but that line has gotten crushed. I I would totally believe it. I mean, it's just, uh, especially with this one. Oh man, I think if, if you're gonna the best have you can get it now, it's minus five fifty. Wow. I wish I had put yeah, more. Yeah, that's. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the under is minus one seventy five at one and a half, so it makes sense for that to be a fairly, fairly steamed line. Um, I wish you the best Thank of you. luck, my friend. I I see no arguments against what you're saying. Um, I I looked at unders. I looked uh, I looked at the over unders. Kind of tried to see if there was something that I was interested in, and what. The one piece that you said is is the thing that made this not a parlay piece, not something I wanted to be invested in. It's in his last two fights, Alonzo Minifield has not has not been the the get or get guy guy. You know, I mean he's he's gone to decision uh, his most recent two fights, and I just I was looking at this card and I tried to be smart this week. And I don't know if that's if that's good, if that's dumb, if I'm going to miss opportunities or or what I've done here, but. I don't have any. I just, I looked, I said, I don't want to have my money be dependent on Alonzo <laughs> Minifield and a guy who, I mean, to his credit, he has been, he has been settling business very, very quickly for the last couple of years. Cause Ascar has been out. I mean, if you look at his like eight seconds, 33 seconds, 27 seconds, two minutes. And that's his last three fights. That's his last four fights. I don't even think that's four, four minutes. Eight seconds. Eight seconds in bare knuckle, 33. Eight seconds in bare Kratos knuckle. Cup 12. Yeah, 27. I remember the bare knuckle win because um, that was one of those big time highlights or whatever. Um, it wasn't at, uh, uh, it was at BYB Extreme Fight Series, but it's a bare knuckle fight. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he has been getting after it, uh, get or get got. And so I think you're probably on the right side of this, but I, I just don't want my money to be tied to to people who I would not call reliable fighters. And so I said, you know what? I don't need to have action on this one. I will uh, live to live to bet on other, and we're about to talk about it, fights that probably aren't as good or, or won't be as fun, I guess. They're better fights, but they won't be as fun. Yeah, you make that point. There's not a ton of fighters that I love tying my money up with uh, this week, but uh, you know, it's just one of those weeks where you got to do it. Uh, for the tennis fans out there to uh, update, uh, you know, you've had 95% of my attention now. You now have 100, but uh, Rafa, Rafael Nadal has just defeated Novak Djokovic in four sets. Uh, so now you have Are my you full big, 100% you big attention. I'm going to the French Open final this Sunday, so I've wow. been paying much closer attention. I also have a pretty big future ticket on uh, Rafael Nadal, so big, big stuff there getting past that Novak Djokovic. That still had to be like plus 110 or something on Nadal. Uh, plus 175, he was actually a huge underdog against Novak today. I took him at plus 200, yeah. uh, and he made light work of Novak. So uh, Yeah, that, that makes sense. We're, we're hyped up over here. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get to see the King of Clay get another French Open on Sunday. Let's keep it rolling with the fight game, though, shall we? I mean, sure, I guess. We could turn this into I a guess. tennis podcast. <laughs> Once upon a time, I made some—when I, when I previously lived in Vegas— 
the I would bet on basketball because I was bad at betting on basketball, but I like to bet on basketball. The other thing that I found that I could bet successfully on in tennis was if you just bet on Nadal and Federer and Djokovic, uh, you just win a lot of money. Is why yeah. they just give you free yeah. money is what I determined. So yeah, you typically just win. I mean, those guys they they win a lot. It's it's pretty incredible. So yeah, we got Nadal moving on to the semis. Uh, us moving on though, we've got a men's flyweight bout: Ode Osborne going against going up against Zaruk Adashev. Uh, and this one, I don't have a bet here. Um, but just looking over it, watching a little bit of tape, uh, I definitely side with Ode. I mean, he's got the size advantage, the finishing advantage. He's He's got more cage time. I mean, Zarouk really doesn't all have... Of, all of the advantages is what like, he has. Yeah, he doesn't have like any impressive wins. And I was going to say, if you have a play on Ode, I would hop on with you right now. I, I do not have a play on Ode. Oh, all right. Well, that's a bummer. I was yeah. really hoping to add another bet, you know, and we could ride together. But No, because I, I agree with you. Like, I... This was a fight where one Zaruk is just not very good. Like I don't, he's just not a. I think the correct bet here is to bet on Ode, but the Ryan Minoy that one just that win really throws me for a loop because he fought so differently than he'd ever fought before. Like against Sumerji, uh, I'm probably butchered that uh, Sumujer, uh, uh, that the the mononym fighter. That is a flyweight. Yeah, I, I know. You're uh, about. He threw like three strikes. Like he barely tried to fight. It was super. He just had no no real volume there. Um, and then he got obliterated by Tyson Nam in like half a minute or whatever it was. It's just he he doesn't seem to be good. His wins weren't good. And then Ryan Benoit, who's not a great fighter, but he's he's like a serviceable fighter and. And Zarouk just looked entirely different. He he landed a bunch. His volume was very high, and that's that just gives me way too much pause because, I, like I like we said, I think Ode Osborne has a ton of physical advantages here. Um, fought much stiffer competition. His losses are to good guys, you know, Manel Cape, Brian Kelleher. Those are competitive dudes. But I just I can't feel good about having a bet down, um, and so. I just said, you know what? I could throw Odie in a in a parlay. Like if I was gonna bet it, I would just have him as a, a throwaway parlay leg. But I'm just not gonna be involved. Things play it safe this week. That's my motto. Yeah, I may put together an air fryer and throw Odie in there, but I'm with you. It, it's just kind of one of those fights where I don't really want to trust Odie to get it done with my money. Plus, you're paying a decent amount of juice on him. Minus one eighty, I think, is what he's sitting at right now. I wouldn't now. mind paying. I wouldn't mind trusting him if the if he wasn't minus one eighty. But that that's just high for a guy who is not great. And granted, he's fighting a guy who I think is not very good. But too many variables, too much price. Just minus one forty. I'm, I'm playing this seven ways this Sunday. I think. Yeah, I, I think I got to play. I might need a little more. I might need it a little lower than minus 140 even. But look, listener, instead of playing Odie Osborne, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna clue you in. I got a tip. It's it's close as close to a lock as you get in this here sport. Instead of playing that on Ode, you can just take all that money that you would have put on Ode and you can put it next weekend on Valentina Shevchenko because she's never going to lose ever. And we'll talk all wow. about her next weekend. But if you just, you know, just save save up your money to put on, on the Chevy truck because that fight's coming down the bend, and boy, is it going to pay you off. At minus 800? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's free money. If I, you see me walking down the street, what, what am I going to walk past a $20 bill? No, I'm going to pick that $20 bill up. I like it. I, uh, I've already got some plays for next week, and uh, Valentina Shevchenko is involved in them, so I'm happy that you said that. I'm strongly considering next week being nothing but parlays. Wow. And wow. basically taking every, That's very non every straight is not, but what I would do is I would take every <laughs> single straight bet I have and just tie yeah, it to yeah, Valentina yeah, Shevchenko out what to you win. Say about halfway through that sentence. Yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah, I, I mean, why not? Just in case, because it's I kind of think I'm going to do it. I honestly peel. think I'm going to do it. Like uh, it would just be demoralizing if you were like six and one on the night. Shevchenko steps up and then uh, goes for a leg kick and snaps her leg. It would actually. Um, well, that wouldn't be funny because I would feel bad for her, but it would be objectively funny if I went bankrupt because I did that. And frankly, I'm probably going oh, to do fantastic. that next week that's now fantastic. that I'm saying. But we'll get to that next week. We don't need to. That's that's teasing the fans. But next week, expect expect wild and wackiness. Well, let's tease the fans no longer. Let's move on from the main card. Let's get to the prelims. A women's strawweight bout, Felice Herring going up against Carolina Cavalcacek. I don't have a play on this. I know you're the man to come for with a play on this fight, so let's hear what you've got. Well, first, I this fight was on the main card, and then they booted yeah, it for Osborne. Osborne. Should have booted really it for sure Pollyanna Botello. I mean, yeah, for sure. Or both of them. Like, I know. Why do we need is, six main card fights? I, I, I don't I don't know what's going on, man. Who who can say? Also, why do we need this fight? They fought before. We've already seen it. Neither woman, literally neither woman has won a fight since their last fight. I don't know if you were aware of that fun filled I learned stat, it this week. But Carolina Kovo Carol, Carolina Kovokevich's last win was the split decision win over Felice Eric at UFC two twenty three. That was in April of twenty eighteen, which means that was four years ago. And Herrig's last win was the fight before <laughs> she lost to Kovalkiewicz, a splitty over Courtney Casey. So already some wackiness uh, at play here. Uh, Herrig hasn't fought in two years. Uh, Kovalkiewicz is has just been on a horrendous decline, which is honestly really depressing just because I like Erlene Kovalkiewicz. She's one of the nicest people in the sport. Um, and seeing her kind of have to adjust to reaching her ceiling and then dropping precipitously has, has been pretty tough. But, but I think she's going to get it back on track here, buddy. I, a number of factors went into this decision for me. The first is she won the first bout. <laughs> Neither of these women are substantially different fighters than they were back then. They're just older and probably not as good, especially Felice Herrig, who hasn't fought in two years. Don't feel great about her coming in her first fight in two years against someone she's already lost to and suddenly turning the tide around. Second, Kovalkiewicz has changed camps. She talked about retirement, but she is with American Top Team, um, hoping that, that she, she seems reinvigorated, hoping that gives a little boost. And again, just going to go back to this very, very key fight. They already fought and Kovalkiewicz won. <laughs> and they're the same two fighters. Kovalkiewicz has the volume, maybe a little bit cleaner of a striker. Eric's a better grappler, but she is not a great takedown artist. Kovalkiewicz can probably win inside the clinch. 
keep this fight upright and just outpoint her. And for whatever reason, Herrig, the biggest point of all, Herrig is the favorite here. It blows my mind that off a two-year layoff, when the last win she had was before she lost to Kovalkiewicz, Herrig is somehow minus 125 favorite it. right now. It makes zero sense to me. If they put this fight as a dead even pick em, I could at least understand the logic. I would still think that that's maybe wrong, but having Herrig be the favorite is just insane to me. And so I'm going to do it for the third time, buddy, for the third time this week, because you don't pick Karolina Kovalkiewicz to win fights. You pick her to win fights by decision. Because that is what Kaylee Govokavich does. Nine of her 12 career wins have been by decision. She has zero finishes inside the UFC. Her number right now is plus 105 uh, straight up, or you can get her at plus 165 by decision. Again, that's about an 11, 12 point swing and win probability, for, which is insane because it should be as almost a one to one. The Venn diagram should be a circle. And so. I want to get in on underdog action of Kovalkiewicz, and I'm going to take her by decision at plus 165 straight, and I feel pretty good about that bet. I like that, man. It's very uh, Chukagian Maya 2-esque. I mean, it was the same exact women fighting against each other, except in that one, Chukagian was a minus 210 favorite rather than being the yeah. underdog that Kovalkiewicz is. I mean... Explain it to me. I really do, I how, don't understand Explain it. how she's the underdog. When I saw that, I was like, I'm actually surprised Carolina's the underdog there. And then I looked more into it, and I was like, wow, I'm actually really surprised with with the fact, like, I mean, the simple fact that Herring has not won a fight since before she last fought Carolina, which she lost that last fight. Like, it's it really doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I support you with this play here. Boggles, absolutely boggles my mind. And as a result, I have two pieces of action on this fight as well. We got two. Let's go. We have a second one because as good as I feel about that bet, I I feel exceptionally good about a parlay piece on this fight. Uh, So I've got one parlay this week. We'll talk about the other half of it. It's just a two-leg parlay. We'll talk about the other half in a bit. But everything I just said... About you know, Kovalkiewicz has nine wins, nine of her twelve career wins by decision. Herrig has been stopped one time in her career. Well, nine of Herrig's fourteen wins have been by decision. She's got a couple of submissions in the UFC, but that's about it. And you can get this fight goes to decision at minus two eighty. Uh, I again, they've already fought. It went to decision. It wasn't really ever close to not going to decision. Neither of these women are big finishers. Both of them are pretty durable. Uh, I, I don't see how this parlay leg doesn't cash, so I have got that as half of a parlay. Uh, this fight goes goes to decision. The other half I also feel great about. It's I hate feeling good about parlays because something always goes haywire, but I feel confident here. Yeah, minus 280. I feel like it. I honestly thought the line would have been worse when you were saying that. I thought it would have been like minus should've 250, been. minus 400 range. It, it should have been. It, it makes no sense to me, so... I, I took this week trying to take the most obvious value plays I could, and that feels very valuey to me. Herring Kovalkachuk two. Kovalkachuk now. Kovalkavich. I don't know why I'm I'm going Ilya Kovalchuk, but I'm putting that on in the end of her last name. Uh, Kovalkavich. You when you when did you come to MMA? You we had already passed the Kovalkavich yeah. uh, time yeah. period, hadn't you? Yeah, Kovalkavich is. Uh, she 
I predicted her upset of Rose Nami Yunus. Uh, actually, it was the first event I ever did for MMA fighting. It was UFC 201. Wow. It was right Let's here go. in Atlanta, Phillips Georgia. Arena. It was the first time I met. Yep. It was uh, the first time I had met uh, Ariel and Casey and company. Came, we were doing the pre-fight show, and I was like, I don't know. I like Kovalkiewicz. I think she's just going to win. I think she's going to win a volume-based decision in a hard-fought fight with Rose Nami Yunus. And then afterwards, Ariel was like, hey, you called? I was like, yeah, I'm a yeah. genius, Ariel. And that, and so began. This. So began so my love the affair. seed of, uh, of No Bets Barred, and now here you are taking her again in this situation, and I don't blame you for it. Got to. Got to dance with the girl who brung you, and Carolina Kovalkiewicz brung me. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right, let's keep it rolling. Lightweight bout. We're getting Joe Selecki going up against Alex Da Silva. And in this one, I am actually back in the dog here. I mean, could select... Oh. I knew you had some dogs, but I didn't know if we were going to get a wolf pack. Let's go. I love it. I what love we, it. It's a wolf pack. That is the sound of a wolf pack wager. I love it. I love the face. I love everything. I oh. mean, uh, yeah, dude. Got, so, like, yeah, I wish, wish everybody could see me. I did not realize that was what was happening. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, we're going to have one. I saw the face one. and I was just like, oh God, this is it. Wow. So yeah, we're both riding with Alex and Silva. Snagged my plus 150. I think he's still out there at plus 150 where you can get him. Uh, That's the number I got him at today. Yeah, I mean, could Selecki just rack up control so time? We're, we're on a dead, a dead even wolf pack then. Oh, I love you this. Know, the other yep. times the numbers have been slightly different. We are dead even, 150 a pop. Let's go. Please tell me why we are so smart and the betting public is so wrong here. Yeah, it's like it's almost like I feel like the betting public is like I feel like the public public is on Joe Selecki. I feel like the betting public is a little bit more on Alex De Silva. His number has been coming down. I want to say he opened up close to the plus two hundred range. But I mean, when I was looking at it, first thought I was just like, oh, Selecki is likely just going to rack up control time. You know, he he does. He's always the posi position over submission type guy. Uh, and could he get that win doing that? I mean, yes, sure. But I mean, just going back, I I rewatched that De Silva versus Brad Riddell fight, and I mean, I thought he made a a pretty decent showing of himself, especially really good fight. Yeah, especially in that first round, dude. I mean, he had Riddell hurt. It, it looked like he was almost going to lock up a submission as well. I mean, I thought he was impressive. And just to go back, he was only 24 then, fighting, you know, a top 15, top 10 guy in the division in Brad Riddell. Like, I mean, a quality opponent uh, at the time. And I think he's just uh, only going to continue to get better. I mean, in this fight, I think he has an advantage on the feet. I mean, I think he's a more versatile striker. I think he can mix in the kicks well. Uh, and it, it seems to me like he has a ground game of his own. I mean... If Selecki can't just, you know, basically lay and pray, just kind of dominate 
on the ground and, and in top control, then I think De Silva is incredibly live to win this fight. And what we always say on this podcast, dude, I think this is probably going to go to a decision. I think if someone does get the finish, it's going to be De Silva. And if it does go to a decision, I think it's going to be a really close fight. And I'd rather be holding the plus 150 ticket on De Silva rather than Joe Selecki, especially with a guy like De Silva who has the finishing upside. I mean, i fully on board with everything you were saying. To me, the, the decision maker here was I do not like how Selecki fights. Like He is obviously a very good grappler. Oh, for um, sure. And he's very smooth. And once he gets you down, he has pretty solid control on the ground. His wrestling is its fine. It's, I wouldn't say it's exceptional, but it's fine. But the way he fights, his striking is so stiff. It's so rigid. He looks so uncomfortable. And I know that that's not a very scientific way to approach this. But, like, at the end of the day, it's just true. You watch that dude fight and you're like, you wouldn't assume – that he is a fist fighter, you'd be like, that guy is a wrestler who has been thrown into a fist fight. And I I think because De, I think De Silva has proven to be a pretty good defensive wrestler. I mean, his the the stats on his takedown defense are are very strong. He shoots a bunch of his own takedowns as well. He's proven to be a pretty solid wrestler. Um he's a I would say a very adequate grappler. I think if Selecki can get takedowns you know, that's his path to victory. And if he can get them, I think they, there's no real way he's going to finish De Silva. I think De Silva is competent enough to to stave that off. But I like I like all the little things in his advantage. I think Selecki's going to have to work a lot harder to get the fight where he wants, whereas on the feet, I think De Silva is much more fluid, much more athletic, just seems much more comfortable. Um, he can make Selecki work for those takedowns, and that's just going to tire him out. And as this fight continues to go on, I love De Silva's potential to win you know he's what is he 26 now something like that yeah like yeah he's still young still developing a ton um this just lines up to me this is the exact kind of underdog ticket i love to bet a guy who uh is a, a bit limited juiced up because of for whatever reason against a guy who has a lot of tools who is young who's developing who's shown a lot um has had some setbacks but look Going to a competitive, competitive fight um, against Alex, uh, not against Alex Silva, against Brad Riddell, sorry. That is, frankly, and no disrespect to, to Jim Miller, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. That's a more impressive performance than beating a, a pretty old Jim Miller or, you know, beating Austin Hubbard or, or also an old Matt Wyman. Like, those aren't the same kind of wins to me. So uh, uh, even as the loss that uh, De Silva has, so yeah, I uh, this this was the last bet I put down because the rest of it I didn't. I was trying to figure out, and then I was like, yeah, this this just feels right. So the big concern, De Silva, not a good underdog. He's zero two as an underdog in his career. I'm hoping to snap that. Streak. Time to make it one. Time to make it but, one and two. So, yeah, it is time to be one and two because Selecki's three and one as a favorite. So both of those numbers. Little not not your favorite thing to see, but I think the styles here. I think his developments here. Uh, I think he is an extremely live dog, and I love the value bet. So, oh oh oh, oh. Wolfpack wager, baby. Hopefully, we can cash one here. Uh, we've cashed one before, right? One yeah, I was gonna on, say, yeah, we're, we're one, one on one on Wolfpacks. Polizzi's bringing us down, but no, he broke his jaw. You know, what, what are we gonna do? It, yeah, but one and one with underdog bets. You know what that means? 
Some profit, baby. That's what that is. That is some profit. That's what I'm talking about. All right, let's keep it rolling. On to the next fight. It is a featherweight bout. Damon Jackson going up against Daniel Argueta. Uh, for me, in this one, I took Damon Jackson money line on like Saturday when it was minus two sixty five. I really can't believe how much this is. Oh, that number got. I moved. mean, it got. That number got, got moved. moved, dude. It's like minus five fifty, and like a, as big as minus six hundred at some book, books. I mean, I, I played him pretty confidently. I didn't throw a ton on him. I took. I I did two point six five to win one unit on him. Uh, I mean, I played it fairly confidently. He's got the size advantage, massive experience advantage in this one. Argueta stepping in on short notice. He just fought less than a month ago as well in LFA. Uh, I think this is a huge step up in competition for him. Uh, Jackson, he's also just super slick on the ground. I think it's just going to be too much for him. And uh, I think Jackson will get a win either by submission uh, or by decision. And a note on Jackson, you know, I feel like he's just kind of a – I don't want to say like a forgotten fighter. I just feel like, you know, he's 20 and four and people don't really ever talk about him. And then in his last 11, he's nine and two. And in his two losses, the uh, the guy's combined record is 31-0-1. Uh, Ilya Teporia and then an undefeated fighter in PFL as well. So, I mean, Jackson, he he's a pretty solid guy. And I, I think he gets it done here against the guy coming in on short notice, making a step up in competition. Yeah, um, that undefeated fighter, Movlid Kabilayev, um, I probably butchered that. Uh, that dude is an absolute yeah, monster. monster. Uh, he is in my top fifteen uh, rankings for the division. Um, he's he's actually I think he's in my top ten. That dude is is great. And then I mean his other losses. Even you go back, Kevin Aguilar, Anthony Medeiros. Like those are not those are not bad losses, especially for a young developing fighter. Uh, and love the win over Charles Rosa. I think that's a phenomenal win. Um, yeah, I have no action here, though, um, mainly because I came to this, and he is minus 510, and I think he's going to win the fight, um, but I'm not laying that number on him to win the fight. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm with you at this so, point. It's, and I don't feel real confident. It's fairly unplayable. Yeah, I don't feel real confident on him at any uh, the props that are available, anything like that. So uh, when I looked at this, like, yeah, this is just a clear pass. I'm, I'm not going to, even as much as I like Damon Jackson, I'm not putting that juice on anybody unless unless they're Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> Which we'll get to that next week. All right, well, let's just keep it rolling then. Next up, a bantamweight bout. Tony Gravely going up against Johnny Munoz Jr. Uh, and this is another situation where I am riding with the dog in this one. I took Johnny Munoz at plus 130. Uh, we kind of know what we're getting with Gravely. I mean, he's coming in here to wrestle, uh, but he should actually be kind of careful with the wrestling going up against Munoz. I mean, dude's a BJJ black belt, slick submission game, top control is nice. I think he's pretty pretty solid down on the mat. Um, and I, I actually think that Munoz will welcome Gravely uh, if he wants to take it to the mat, which I think that Gravely's going to try and do. Uh, and I think he could end up capitalizing on that uh, and potentially finishing Gravely in this one. I'm not overly impressed with uh, with what Tony does. I mean, he had a ton of takedowns last time out against Sam and Oliveira. Um, but I don't think it's going to come as easily against Johnny Munoz. And I think Munoz's ground game uh, is much more accomplished uh, than Oliveira's. And uh, I'm happy to ride with the dog in this situation. Where'd you get him at? Plus 130. Plus 130. Well, now we find ourselves in a very interesting situation because I do not have action, but the action I was looking at was either a dog bet on Munoz um, or uh, potentially a prop bet on Munoz by submission 
the reason I didn't take Munoz by submission is that number is not nearly what it should be. Um, it's like plus 280 or something, which is not... Like if it was 500, I'd be I'd be snapping it up. But the, the books have decided that they don't want to play that game. And so plus 280 is just not enough value. I think gravely, I think five of his seven losses are by submission. In fact, five of his seven losses have come by submission. Um, and Munoz is a, a jiu-jitsu champion. That's, I mean, he is. I'm not here to say that he's not. Um, but it's, it's sport jiu-jitsu, which is the same as like IBJJF but it's just not as like well regarded like not it, the competition's not quite the same um it certainly doesn't have that same cachet as as the mundials do but this dude is a very accomplished grappler and the thing that made me interested in it is we've seen gravely make some dangerous decisions outside of getting tapped i mean against Simon Oliveira he continued to put his neck it right in there to get guillotined uh, as he was going for his myriad takedowns. It is, I want you to sell me on it, but first, before you sell me on it, because we could have another wolf pack. I need you to sell me. But before we get this, I'll tell you the exact reason I didn't make a bet. The exact reason was, as I was looking through this, is I like everything you've said so far. I like Johnny Munoz's ability, his grappling ability. Um, uh, Gravely has some weaknesses, but... The guys who have submitted him, the guys who have beaten Gravely, it is a list of dudes who can fight their asses off. Brett Johns, a really damn good fighter. Patchy Mix, coming off the biggest win of his career recently over Kyoji Horiguchi, really damn good fighter. Uh, Manny Bermudez, very good fighter. Uh, Little Man, you might have heard of him, uh, especially because as we're recording this just beforehand, UFC Bantamweight champion Al Jermaine Sterling just said he's going to leave the division because his boy, Marab Valashvili, is going to uh, eventually come try and fight for the title. So, you know, Valashvili, a phenomenal fighter. And Ricky Bendejas. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. The very beginning of his career, Pat Sabatini. Like, these are all dudes who can fight. And I, I feel like Johnny Munoz could be in that regard. He could be there. He's obviously undefeated before the the Nate Maness Manis loss, but I don't know if he's that level. So sell me, sell me, so we can have a second Wolfpack wager. I wish I wish I could do like a really good selling job, but this out of out of all the picks, this might be one of my least favorite ones. Uh, when as we we discussed beforehand, uh, I was like, yeah, I got like seven plays. I think I like am like really liking five of them. I don't know how good of a sell job I can do. Here's here's one one sell. Everyone that you just listed, yes, they're all killers, but uh, those are all losses as well for Tony. Like it's not like he was winning any of those fights. Every like, you know, those are all game guys, and like they're not they're not bad losses to have on your resume, but they are all losses that you were listing off. So, uh, Johnny Munoz, ground game, slick, yes, nice. It's it's just a really tough. My yeah, not, I don't think I'm going to be able to do enough to sell you. I don't think I am. My other concern here is that, like, if Gravely just decides he doesn't want to wrestle, <laughs> or if he's just like, I'm not a great striker, but he he has, I mean, he he can punch hard, uh, as Anthony Burchak oh, yeah, found out. out. Yeah. He's got he's got some pop in his hand. I mean, he almost the the man s loss. He had him hurt at the end of the round. You know, if that had come earlier in the fight, probably KO victory. He. 
he can hit pretty hard and he is a such a good wrestler that I'm not as sure Munoz if if Gravely decides to I hate the phrase but gonna say it use his wrestling in reverse I don't know how confident I feel in Munoz so you didn't do enough we're not gonna I, yeah have two I didn't packs. expect to honestly yeah I'm cool with riding this wolf pack with actually it wouldn't be a wolf pack I'm cool with riding this dog by myself well I hope that dog that, that puppy barks for you and if it does then i'm gonna feel really sad that i didn't get involved yeah. but i would I say that i felt bad but it. i wouldn't because i would be catching a dog i'll feel much better if it if it loses because i would be doing it by myself than if it wins because i would be catching that and so i wouldn't be feel nearly as bad smart love, yeah, love that, that energy i'd rather you not lose with me uh I, oh. would, I would not want you to do that all right i'm riding the dog there let's keep it rolling throughout the prelims though We've got a welterweight bout. Andreas Mikhailidis going up against Renat Fakredinov. <laughs> I read over that name like four or five times before the show, and I still can't get it. Yeah. No, I think I think Fakredinov is, is okay. I, I'm, I, I won't pretend to be an expert on this, but I was so interested when I saw this on the list of fights to talk about because yeah. I think I know what you've done here, and... We're gonna to need to have a talk about what you've done. Here. I took the fight. So, I took the fight. Doesn't go the distance. Okay, uh, that's that's fine. Nabbed it at minus one fifteen. Um, Michaelidis, <laughs> sixteen of his eighteen fights have not seen the scorecards. All five of his losses are coming by knockout. Renat, eighteen of his twenty-two pro fights have not gone the distance. They have a combined twenty-two first-round finishes uh, in their careers. Uh, that's forty total fights. Twenty-two finishing in the first round so 85 percent of their combined fights have not gone the distance 55 percent of those ending in the first round and you're going to give it to me at minus 115 to not go the distance i will take that all day well that is, that number has moved it's you know one 190 ish now so you got in on the good side of the action shout out to uh, the caesars <laughs> i i have i have nothing to say about this fight i would not I hope you're correct. If if you're gonna take action on it, I would say that that seems fine. Uh, also, Fakretnov is probably going to win this fight. Bold going last name rather than just saying Renat. I mean, that's I, I'm trying trying to work hard, trying to do my best here. Uh, we're gonna learn because we're gonna hear those names a lot from I assume John Annix on the call this weekend. But yeah, this is one of those fights that I'm for sure just nope don't have enough confidence that either dude has shown me anything uh i don't need to have my money down in this position this week all right i can't disagree with that hopefully it doesn't go the distance if or not does win i expect it to be probably by knockout with the way michaelitis loses and the way he wins uh or maybe it's vice versa as long as it doesn't go the distance i will be a happy camper we have one more fight to get into we do do you have action on this fight i do not it is the women's. So this is just a me. This is just a you, okay. and I'm going to let you take the wheel. It's a women's flyweight bout. We're getting Aaron Blanchfield going up against JJ Aldrich. Blanchfield, a huge favorite. She's competing with uh, Damon Jackson to be the biggest favorite on the card here. What say you, Jed? Um, I think Aaron Blanchfield is probably the best prospect in this division, um, is one of the best prospects in female MMA uh, in general. She is 23 years old and a frigging just turned 23, by the way. So we're clear, she just turned 23. 
and she's a freaking monster. She has one loss in her career. That was Tracy Cortez. It was an Invicta. That was a bad decision. She should have won that fight. Uh, she should be undefeated. And her last her last performance was um, just putting the boots to Miranda Maverick, who is also a very good prospect, uh, especially uh, with regards to women's MMA. I think the sky is the limit for Blanchfield. So earlier today, we were recording the MMA Fighting Ranking Show podcast. If you haven't listened to it, uh, that should drop sometime around the same time that this podcast has dropped. So go check it out. Uh, we talked a lot about Aaron Blanchfield. We talked about her... Menon Fioro, um, Casey O'Neill, kind of ranking where the prospects for this division were. And all of us were in agreement that Aaron Blanchfield, she's a rocket ship. Like, none of us think that Valentina Shevchenko is going to be losing the flyweight belt anytime soon. But at some point, she will retire. And when she does, Blanchfield is going to be really, assuming her development continues along this line, she's going to be in a great, great position to take advantage of that. And this is a this is the fight that helps set this up. Like JJ Aldridge is a very good fighter. Do not get me wrong. I mean, she's been competing in the UFC for a long time. She, but she has lost to you know Macy Barber, who I think is frankly not as good a prospect as Blanchfield is. Um, she's got the Sabina Mesa, Juliana Lima losses, and this fight. Had, and we've learned one very important thing about her. One very very important thing about her is that she cannot wrestle with. Aaron Blanchfield. I just don't think that that's the case. She's not a bad defensive wrestler, but I think Blanchfield, if she wants to wrestle, she's going to be able to get takedowns at will. If she doesn't, she just wants to outstrike her. She's got a lot more volume. Uh, she's much, I think she's faster. I just think this is everything is one way traffic. There is a reason that Blanchfield is tied for the biggest favorite on this card. And so I have parlayed her with the aforementioned. Uh, Carolyn Kovalkiewicz, Felice Eric goes to the distance. Uh, you get that together. It's only a minus 162-ish number, but I think that that's still tremendous value. Um, I, I wanted a third leg to the parlay. I just couldn't find anything I liked, frankly. So I'll take minus 162, and I I, I will be really – that's the bet. That parlay is the bet I feel the most confident on this weekend. Yeah, I mean – I mentioned it earlier. I thought that fight should go the distance. It uh, should be at worse odds than you got it at. And then Blanchfield, I will be very surprised if she loses. So I don't blame you for being so confident in the parlay. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I wanted to maybe make a prop bet on Blanchfield somewhere because she is a, a bit more decision heavy than you know maybe you would hope uh, hope for her to be. But she's early yet, and I. There's just the opportunity for her to suddenly decide, like, to suddenly find a new gear because she's so young, she's developing so quickly that I I decided I didn't even want to play, like, an over or ghost a decision prop. Just give me her straight in this parlay, and that'll be enough for me this week. I mean, sometimes that's the best way to do it, you know. Just just cover all the bases. I remember uh, UFC 270, I played in Ghana, and everyone was like, why aren't you just playing in Ghana by knockout? That's the only way he wins. Uh just gotta cover the bases I mean, sometimes. Hey, so just if there's value, just take where the value's at. And we talked about a lot this week. This is a I'm playing a little safer than maybe I need to, but I I'm not that exposed. I'm getting getting ready for a big run where everything is parlayed with Valentina Shevchenko <laughs> next week. It's gonna be a chaotic week, and I'm just getting getting us over the hump so we can really go big for UFC two seven five. 
So I actually have terrible news. What? Uh, I'm I'm not going to be on the pod next week for 275. Oh my goodness! I'll have we'll to have find to have a, a fill-in replacement. Yeah, I uh, I feel like this is late breaking news here. That's... Uh, like it's Fox Five or well, something. Well, 11 will you news. send me your picks so we can at oh, least of course. tell the Oh, good the picks will be out. Okay. There's the picks will be out. Okay, Don't gotta, worry. We gotta let the good people know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to find a bar in uh, Florence, Italy, to uh, to watch oh, man, this fight. Florence is incredible. I love that you say that because I'm very much looking forward it to it. It is an incredible Though, place to go. Singapore is where 275 is at, but they're doing it on American time. I mean, that's how they always do it. Well, not such always, but that's... many times that's how they do it. Yeah, I was really hoping we could have capitalized and that it would have been a better better time for me. So I'm going to be up at like 3 a.m. watching uh, 275. Big, I mean, it, that Euro experience. It, uh, that'll be a shame because I'm glad I got to say it this week then that all of my bets will be tied to Valentina Shevchenko because you wouldn't have been it. here next week for it. I love it. Taylor Santos, uh, you know, <laughs> may she rest in peace, I guess, in Jed's eyes because uh, there's no that way she's correct. running, she says. That is uh, correct. Yeah, I'm also going to miss the UFC Austin one too, which uh, I was actually looking forward to that. Calvin Cater, I've already locked him in. Uh, I took him at minus 170. Got him a couple weeks in advance, but... Uh, I'll be back after that, and then I'll finish up the uh, 12-week run with you with about 10 weeks to spare. So uh, you won't miss me too much, I can promise you that. Uh, Enjoy the weeks off without me, honestly, at that point, because we're going to get real familiar over the next 12 weeks. So that's this card, UFC Vegas 56, Rosenstrike versus Volkov. The bets that I have, Damon Jackson, Moneyline, minus 265. Alex De Silva, Moneyline, plus 150. Johnny Munoz Jr., Moneyline, plus 130. Mikhailidis Fakreddinov does not go the distance at minus 115. Movsar Evlov, money line at minus 200. Volkov, Rosenstrike completes round two at minus 175. And then I parlayed Minifield, Mazravov does not go the distance at minus 310. With Volkov, Rosenstrike completes round one at minus 375. That pays out at minus 148. So I've got six singles and one parlay for this weekend. Nice. I have uh, Rosenstrike by KOTKO at plus 215. I've got Mobsar Evloev by decision at minus 200. I have Karolina Kovalkiewicz by decision at plus 165. And completing, you know, the Wolfpack. Got to have the Wolfpack wager. Alex De Silva at plus 150. Uh, and then I have one parlay. Uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz and Felice Eric goes the distance. Uh, with Aaron Blanchfield straight, that will pay out at minus 162. So a light week, just five bets total down for me. But they're all going to hit. We're all going to make millions of dollars, and so it's all going to be okay. Exactly. When you go, when you got an O in your in your loss column on your bets, it's a good week. Uh, good week. I could actually say that for this past week, I took some boxing and some KSW. I went three and all on my bets. It's always that's a, what's up. It's always a good feeling. So uh, best bet you've got. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say best bet, best value, best underdog play, everything. I'm gonna say it's the Wolfpack wager, Alex De Silva. We ride as a Ooh. team and we ride into the night. That's my best bet this week. Mm, my best bet is still gonna be my parlay because Carolina Kovalkiewicz and Fleece Eric are going to go to a decision regardless of who wins, and Aaron Blanchfield is gonna win. So yeah, in all actuality, I'm, I'm really liking that Damon Jackson at minus two sixty five right now. I mean that's. That pre- that is a number that probably would have made it the third leg of the parlay minus five ten not so much but two sixty five that would have been the third leg on that parlay. Uh, stay away fight. I think we're both on the same page. 
Pollyanna Botello, Kareen Silva, no thank you. Yeah, I have to. I can't, literally do not know what Kareen Silva looks like. I've never seen her fight. I've seen her <laughs> fight once before, but if you showed me a random fight, like, who is this? I could not tell you if it was Kareen Silva, so I cannot bet that fight. All right, then, of course, the Wolfpack wagers, Alex the Silva. So that's all we've got. UFC Vegas 56. Hopefully it ends up being a pretty good card. Nice early start this week, 1 p.m. How do we feel about that? I love it. Uh, I actually will probably not be watching live. So I'm doing the most Gen X-y thing you can possibly think of this weekend instead. What's that? Uh, I'm going, I, I booked tickets to a concert a year ago and I forgot about it <laughs> um, with some friends. Uh, my buddy's wife was like, we should go to this. And I was like, yeah, sure. It is the Bare Naked Ladies. Um, wow with uh the gin blossoms and toad the wet sprocket opening so really really playing the nostalgia 90s yeah, uh, early 2000s tunes uh it also because obviously for a concert like that the people going are mid 30s you know pushing 40s they're old they don't want to be out late in the evening it's at like seven <laughs> So well, the, the whole card so might be the, over by seven. I'd say the early fight time. I, I will probably watch some of the early card stuff, but I will almost certainly miss the main event. Oh, darn. I have to miss 25 minutes of heavyweight action and catch up on it the next let's day. Let's hope it's 25 minutes. Let's hope. Well, not for, I yeah, mean, not not for you. Let's, let's, hope bet, it's, let's hope it's eh, 20 minutes and then Rosenstrike gets the KO for you. Look, I'll take a Derek Lewis-esque KO in the last 10 seconds. That would be beautiful. Strike. That's totally fine with that would me. Be beautiful. Uh, yeah, the one o'clock I actually am a fan of since I will be uh, over in France, which. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, I'll be gone the next two weeks for uh, any listeners curious. I won't be here the next two weeks. I'll, I'm taking a Euro trip for a uh, friend's wedding. Hopefully, cash a ticket over there with Rafael Nadal and uh, hopefully cash some tickets watching some UFC. Uh, I'm going to have to. Be one of the Euro brethren this week, getting up uh, at like 3 a.m. to watch a fight card. So uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, for 275. I mean, see how the other half lives. You know, report back. I don't think I'd be a UFC fan uh, if uh, if I had to live like the other half lives. So I'm really going to find out how much of a fan I really am this next weekend. All right, though. That's all we've got. UFC Vegas 250. No. UFC Vegas 56. Why don't they just call it UFC Apex 56? Someone said, I think it was Helwani said that. It sounds I'm way cooler. Almost certain it was Helwani because he definitely messaged our group about that. It sounds that, way cooler. So. UFC Apex 56. Those were our bets. Thank you for listening. Jed will be back next week to break down UFC 275 and parlay everything with Valentina Shevchenko. Thank you for listening. Talk soon. Love you guys. Media Podcast Network. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 